flags in 100 years. The shithouse, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Wednesday, the 29th of May. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, we've done it. They said we couldn't, but we did. What? What is it? it made a competent podcast? <laughs> Watch all the games of football for a weekend? Actually known the names of the coaches and the players? What was it that they said we couldn't do that we've actually done, Charlie? We've made it to 100 episodes. Does that mean life life membership of the shit podcasting club? Yeah. <laughs> well, it means that the podcast flew in our families today to watch the game. My my uh, my family's sitting behind me in the room watching me right now, just silently watching me Skype you. I feel like we're like one of those players who makes it to 100 games and still hasn't quite convinced you that they're going to be a decent player. Yeah. You know, when you look at them and they go, oh, they've played 100 games. I'm not even sure that they should be in the team. Well, would you say that this is the Jake Lloyd of podcasts? Like we race to 100 games and no one still knows who we are? No, because Jake Lloyd like was an All-Australian or something last year. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't know that. Ferris. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we we haven't won any prizes. It's not that we've won a heap of awards and done a really good job, and people just aren't aware of us. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we're more like we're, a- we're more. You know what we are? We're more. We're less Jake Lloyd, and we're more the last fortnight in Dame Rampy's life. <laughs> we're climbing goalposts. We're yeah. giving away a hundred meter penalties. Uh, we're calling umpires little girls. You know, we've. We, we, this is more. We're we're more rampy than Lloyd. Yeah, what's going on with Rampy? Like Rampy's Rampy's ramping ramping it up. You'd say the last couple of weeks, he's really taken. It's not the angry pills. It's something else. It's kind of you would swear that you would like if this was a celebrity. Like if if a celebrity had been behaving like this, like yeah. the night of the Logies or something erratically. Yeah, that's the that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> that would be the euphemism that would be used. He's been behaving erratically. Yeah. Out of character. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he went into rehab prediction to painkillers. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, we're doing a hair test, but we're only doing a hair test of that bit of hair below his nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of angry pills, the reign of terror is over. They finally caught Gary Ablett. Weeks and weeks of terrorizing the competition. They fi- we got him. We got him, Will, finally. Yeah, the um, the postcard bandit that is Gary Ablett Jr. Um, Did you feel like that suspension? I mean, they say that they don't take into account the other incidents and he has a clean record. But do you feel like the suspension was like, a, come on, guys. Like, we've been letting you off a couple of times. You're making us look foolish. We're going to have to take you down. Because it was low impact. Like, it was definitely a strike to the face, but it was nothing. Like, the player he hit played up for sure. But also, it was a mistaken strike to the face. Because yeah. if you just watch the incident, yeah. um, then it looks like he's just punched him in the face. But I was watching that game, and it was like one of those ones where they're just kind of having a bit of, you know, back and forward, like punching each other in the chest. And then he's just miscalculated and kind of got him in the face. And you could tell even Ablett was like, oops. <laughs> oops. Yeah. That wasn't well, he went to, to Ablett. Ablett, Ablett I reckon there's after another bit of the him. tribunal. Sorry, uh, Ablett hits him, and then you see him reach for him to, as if to stop him from falling. <laughs> like, it's a yeah. really fun... Oh, it's sorry, like they, t- they talk about, like, you know, striking being or tackles being done in one motion. That was a two-motion. He punches him, and there's like, oops, like, tries to grab him. Well, like a secret agent who's just, like, immobilised somebody, yeah. and they just kind of hide, hold them up and then put them gently down, like, on a seat. Yeah, put like some sunglasses on him. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ablett was just going to grab him, prop him up, wax some sunglasses on him and then lean him on a goalpost and just get on with the game. So uh, we put the call out to uh, some of our uh, loyal listeners to say if uh, Two Guys One Cup was to run through a banner for its 100th game, what might that banner read? So we thought we'd read a selection of these. So thank you everyone who uh, contributed on our Facebook and Twitter um, uh, so you've got the you got the Twitter feed up there. Well, I'll read from Facebook. You I can do, have do the Twitter. Twitter feed. Now I have I will say for the record I haven't gone through and uh, picked the best these or anything. So I will be doing it on the fly. Okay, me too. All right. So this is from uh, Jack Hewson who goes, "We don't watch the games, but we chatter as pals. Would never have got a ton without the help of Mike Howell." Okay, that's pretty good. Sean McManus just suggested socks. 
That's pretty good. Jack James has come in to say, the time has come to raise the bat. Two guys, one cup with Will Charlie and Will's cat. 100 down, 100 more to come. We've come a long way since our only listener was Mike Hal's mum. <laughs> Is that true, mm. Mike Hal? Does your mum listen to the show? No. No. <laughs> okay, we've got a resounding no. Um, okay, Samuel Fisher has uh, sent this one. We don't know the names. We don't watch the games. Our only true debate... Uh, uh, sorry. We don't know the names. We don't watch the games. Our only true debate will always be Sockgate. <laughs> what about Steve Baker? Do you think it's the Steve Baker? St Kilda uh, Best and Ferris from 2005, Steve Baker? I hope so. Sorry, what do you this- reckon Steve Baker thought when uh, Gary Ablett got one week for that punch? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Baker writes, Sorry the banner is late, but at least we made it in time for the second quarter. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme, but it's very on brand. Uh, so this is Art Deco has said, from Sockgate to haircuts, we're still yet to peak. Fair. Just don't blame your tips on our lock of the week. <laughs> Paul Rubenstein, from who washes the socks to Lacra and Big Cox, 100 eps from Ando and Clawson has been totally awesome. Uh, Ant Robbins has gone with 100 episodes in and we're completely overjoyed. Now, maybe someone can tell us who the hell's Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Angela's taken a different approach. She hasn't gone for a banner, uh, a banner limerick. She's rewritten the lyrics to our opening theme song. So this would be the tune of um, Happy Tim Hawthorne. <laughs> we're no footy watching pod hosts. We're done this. We're, we're done this year dreaming of the cup. We'd love to watch all the games. Yeah, sure. But also like to make shit up. That's classic. We said we'd never be insightful, clever, or just well researched. So here we are at 100 games. We're still going out to wing it. Still love two guys, one cup. I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, Pasha Bolka, uh, the Pasha Bolka, was that the, the, the boat that crashed in Newcastle? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So we've got, a, we've got a tweet from the Pasha Bolka. Fantastic. Um, who is this? What is that? Nat Fife wears a knitted hat. <laughs> We didn't watch a single night. Retirement suits Jesse White. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's my favourite so far. Uh, Greg Richo, talking nonsense about the footy, cool guys and flowing locks. Saints or dogs are in the finals. The Saints and dogs in finals are as real as Steffo's jocks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, this is good from Nick, who's a regular contributor. Sockgate and haircuts, 100 eps in. Crowdsourcing banners, Danny McGinley will win. <laughs> Jack Hewson says, 100 episodes, that's one hell of a streak. We're still misinformed and that's my lock of the week. Uh, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, uh, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Rob Walter, who's gone with 100 episodes of Footy Pearls from Stevenson's Undies to Mundy's Curls. <laughs> Greg Richo writes... Waiting for another flag. Pop us in the Cairo. If you're going to miss our content, just Google players' bios. This is from Bentley. Uh, Bentley has said, Coleman of podcasts, a clubman's wash socks. Would Nat Fife be cooler if he dropped his art smocks? (laughs) Uh, Paul Lindsay's given us three. I'll just pick one of them. Um, one's a proud saint, the other a son of the West. Since their AFL knowledge isn't the best, they'll never be asked to compete on the beep test. <laughs> oh, shout out there to Michael Chamberlain. <laughs> uh, this is from Peter. All filler, no thriller. A tangential reference to Stephen Zilla. <laughs> we, like to... <laughs> we like to talk socks. We like our whispers West. Two guys, one cup, 100 eps. Mark Litson says, a hundred shows talking about socks or that time Hazelbury popped out his cock. We'll keep putting this insight out for free as long as Gold Coast is dozed into the sea. <laughs> um, and I, I love this one uh, from Justin, uh, who's just gone very simple. A hundred games because there's no podcasting VFL. <laughs> uh, Emma writes in, from France to the Gold Coast, we'll do the bare minimum. 
to research socks, jocks, and nicknames and convince you our team's got a win in them. That deserves points for rhyming <laughs> minimum and winning them. Well done, Emma. <laughs> okay. Sam yeah, says, right. we're as consistent as the MRO, watching each week as our teams blow. We've got it all from socks to jocks and still barely hit our weekly locks. A hundred puds. Uh, this is from uh, the Small Mercies. A hundred pods, what a delight. A couple of which are all right. Mostly about footy, hold your scorn. Despite the name, it's not about porn. <laughs> Though by now it's a dated reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. A couple of drive-bys there, wasn't there? Gordon says, if you it. take your footy seriously and you don't want to win your tips... Uh, sorry, if you take your footy seriously and you want to win your tips, don't listen to this podcast as the guys will give you the shits. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even rhyme when we got to drive by. I think I'm out. And then the best part about that is someone commented underneath that, I think Will will reject that based on the rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were right. They were right. <laughs> you got any more? I'm yep. done. Oh, you're done? Okay. Uh, Maggie says, the pod itself is playing its ton, but if you asked how many matches we watched last week, the answer is probably none. <laughs> Sam says, if uh, it's footy you're after with less facts and more quirk, search for Two Guys, One Cup. Just don't Google it at work. <laughs> uh, Josh says, through socks and jocks and saints and dogs, we'll dig in our heels and never rename this pod. Uh, Luke says, our clubs are playing average. Our podcast name is out of date. But who are we kidding? We're only interested in Sockgate. Yep. This is a bit harsh, but it's funny. Ron, we don't know shit. Our tips are a failure. We should get jobs with Brian Taylor. <laughs> Just for the record, I think I've had a couple of really good weekends on my tips. I have not gone back and looked, but I feel like uh, uh, the last few weeks I've been having a good run with my tips. Uh, just a few more to go. So, uh, Joe Brada says, from socks to jocks, our convos range far. Did we watch any games? Yeah, nah. <laughs> Which is nice little Richo reference too. Uh, Keel says, excited teabaggers, these two footy-loving dickheads. Oh, hang on, wait, this is, not, this is not a rhyme. This is more just a statement. Get excited, teabaggers, these two footy-loving dickheads are having a hundredth crack at a podcast they frequently threaten they'll quit. Hashtag NatLife. <laughs> um, Saints and Bulldogs, they're members for life. Too bad they only talk about Nathan Fife. <laughs> Uh, Jadzia says we don't claim to have knowledge but we both love the game you'll either learn nothing or drive you insane uh, Nicholas writes 100 episodes of Two Guys One Cup I would have to assume that's a stats fuck up <laughs> um, Tommy says Two Guys One Cup 100 eps thus far one up pop the champagne with Mark Lacroix and the final one Maddie writes fuck off it's free <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone. Ah, thank you very much, everybody. I, 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 this is a that was very fun. Uh, I, and you know what, Charlie? What? Completely off brand. Mm. I have watched a considerable amount of football on the weekend. Well, completely off brand. I went to a game of football this weekend. So maybe because they say that on average your players come good between fifty and a hundred games. Maybe mm. this is the point at which the podcast gets good. Like we had a lot of potential when we got drafted. There's a lot of talk about where our best position was and we've sort of been moved around a bit and now finally we've settled on it. Well, I watched the Fremantle-Brisbane game, which was the final match of the round, which was decided with a kick after the siren yeah. in Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous round by an Indigenous player from mm. outside 50 uh, to get Freo across the line. Absolutely amazing moment. But, Charlie, my yeah. take out from that game of watching Fremantle play Brisbane is um, haircuts. Okay, so let's we've go. got to talk about haircuts. Let's do it. So firstly, um, uh, Cam Rayner has tried yeah. to get himself a get myself back into form haircut. Yeah, Cam Rayner has been playing so badly, he's got himself a sensible haircut. Yeah, so he's grown in the side. He's grown in the sides of his head. Yeah, but also taken out the length. Yeah, like he had a real "I'm a superstar" haircut yeah. at the start he had a dust, of the season. He had, a, he had a dusty haircut when he wasn't yet dusty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a yeah, he had a Dustin Martin haircut, but uh, he was not playing like Dustin Martin. He's just going, you know what? I've got to go. I've got to go in and get myself a Trent Cotchin. Yeah, he had no, he had a Dustin Martin haircut, but a Jack Martin career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and secondly, there are two guys 
and forgive me if we've talked about this before and I've blanked this out, but there are two guys who play for the Fremantle Football Club, the Dockers, uh, and, and their names are Ryan and Cox. And mm. they both have the same haircut, and it is a haircut that I have not seen on any other list. So they okay. both have kind of like shaved at the sides – yeah. And then sort of a, a layer up on the top that's sort of their natural hair colour. So a sort of brown or like, you know, mousy brown sort of colour. And then on the top, dyed blonde. Right. Like so, so, so their like head's a, like a three-layer cake sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like a tiramisu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a tiramisu pyramid. Yeah. They've got this like haircut on top of another haircut. And it's – but there's two of them who both have it. Mm. Well, that's the thing is – Players are young men these days, Will. This is what we keep forgetting. I'm sure that there's lots of young people who have cool haircuts like that. We probably just don't know about it. Please, just for the record, I'm not suggesting it in any way this is a cool haircut. All right. It's not a cool haircut. I'm suggesting this is a terrible haircut that I can't believe that one person has, let alone two people. But is it, hang on, is is it a cool haircut and you're just not cool so you don't know it's a cool haircut? Oh, oh my God. Have I discovered... That I'm not cool. I'm so, I was more thinking that it's kind of indicating that there's an old school. Our reference to you know your sort of Fremantle Western Australian haircut was always sort of your your David Mundy curls, yeah. Where there's like a new haircut in town, which is this sort of like you know blonde on the top, like a bird shit in your head option. Yeah. Well, someone wrote into us uh, this week saying that they always used to confuse Matt Pritis and David Mundy, and that, and I think that is based purely on the hair. And I don't even know that yeah. the hair is exactly the same, but it has the same feel to it. You know what I mean? It's a vibe. It's got the same WA vibe to it. Uh, I've just Googled pictures of both of them and neither of them in any of the pictures that come up first have this haircut. Okay. So I'm starting to suspect this might be a recent haircut. If any Fremantle fans can let us know, have uh, Brendan Cox and Luke Ryan recently um, got the same haircut and is there a reason for the haircut? And are they in a band or something? Is it some kind of like chemical romance kind of deal where it's like, you know? Well, you know what? It does look a little like they could be in a band together. Yeah. Except, hang on, the detail. Oh, no, that's, uh, oh, (laughs) the first articles that come up when I Google news about them is the details behind Dockers, Brennan Cox and Luke Ryan's night out. Oh. (laughs) Brennan Cox and Luke Ryan drop for drinking. Oh, so they're so, so they are but so they are buddies. So this this yeah make, they're drinking buddies. Sense. Yeah, drinking buddies and yeah, haircut and haircut buddies. <laughs> well, I mean, after a big night on the piss, you go get your haircut together. Yeah, well, this certainly looks like the sort of haircut you'd only get when you're completely drunk. What would they can read? Is is that an article? The drinking incident. Yeah. Can you bring it up yeah, and tell us a little more? I, I mean, can't. look, there's always complaints that we never talk about any other Frio players, but Nat Fire. So why don't we why don't we talk about a few budding superstars at the Dockers? Okay. I'm happy to do that. Um, so let's uh, go back to um, uh, July 20, 2017. Oh, it's just two years ago. Right. So Fremantle yesterday. Gone. Fremantle yesterday imposed disciplinary action against young players for the second time in four weeks, axing Brennan Cox and Luke Ryan from the team to face Hawthorne for breaching club alcohol rules. So already we're learning something about Fremantle from watching the game, Charlie, is the unique bond that Cox and Ryan have with each other. Mm. The pair were drinking in Claremont on Sunday after the Western Derby lost to West Coast. It is against team rules to drink when facing a six-day break. The Dockers host the Hawks. Yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, and this was, um, uh, this was barely weeks after um, Connor Blakely, of course, had been uh, dropped from Fremantle for pretending he was sick and then going surfing. <laughs> Which is the most Western Australian excuse for missing training of all time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's... But they were both young players. Right. Well, it's good to see their friendship has endured the hard the hardships of the, the that drinking sanction. They're still obviously close enough to get the same haircuts. Peas in a pod, you might say. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to see if I can find something. I'm going to type in 2019 and just see if there's anything that comes up. On them, uh, okay. Um, uh, look, we might have to learn about them uh, one by one, but okay. I'm, I'm happy to go into it. Luke Ryan, let's go for Ryan first. Yeah. They both played very well on the weekend, but Ryan in particular was very, very good. I thought. Any any nicknames? Uh, all right. So I mean, let's let, 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 let's have it. Let's have a guess. Luke Luke Ryan. So how would you, what 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 are some where how would you extend that? Luke Ryan. 
Ryan Luke, Gosling, Ryan. Goose, um, yeah. uh, a baby goose is called a what? A, a, a goose a, Maverick. 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 <laughs> Maverick. You Top call him Gun. Maverick. No, call him Maverick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, Mav. Mav. Yeah. As long as they don't recruit Maverick Weller, he's yeah. absolutely fine <laughs> with his nickname. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, oh, yeah, Mike Hale's found an image. Oh, okay. That kind of gives you... That's a more a sort of blonde operation that you can yeah. see in the window there. He's just got blonde hair. Imagine yeah, now, but- maybe it's just like a, a grown out sort of thing, but he's sort of like got dark around the sides and then like a layer and then this sort of blonde on the top. Okay, yeah, I can see. I can sort of see a bit of the brown around the sides there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, this look, there doesn't seem to be a, like, oh, here we go, Q&A. That's what we want. Okay, nickname. What do you reckon his nickname actually is? Um, okay, is it an extension of Luke or Ryan? No. Uh, so oh, sorry, is it an extension of Luke or Ryan? Yes, it is. Uh, uh, Riser. Rizy. Rizo. No, no L- Lukey. Oh, <laughs> Shit. Uh, who is the best set shot at your club? Who do you think the answer to who's the best set shot at your club is? Uh, it's Cam McCarthy or Michael Walters. Yeah, you might say that unless your best mate was uh, um, Brennan Cox. Cox. Did he say his mate? God, these two are <laughs> yep. like the golden lovers. Exactly. Uh, so a best set shot at the club, Brennan Cox. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, this is great. My coach often says, what do you think Ross Lyon often says to Luke Ryan? Ross, why? What's going on with your hair? <laughs> it's pretty close. Don't wear your hat backwards. Oh, really, Ross? Fuck you and Ross Lyon, fucking shifting into <laughs> grumpy old man territory. Don't wear your hat backwards. It's not America, mate. <laughs> with your hip hop. Um. All right. Uh, uh. Let's funniest teammate. Uh, who does he say oh, his funniest teammate is? Who's the funniest player at Frio? Um, yeah. Hayden Ballantyne. I mean, it's funny you say that when the most obvious answer is, of course. Matt Five? <laughs> no. Brennan Cox. Oh, you're his fucking best kidding. Mate is he named him twice? Every question <laughs> is Brennan Cox. <laughs> <laughs> what have we uncovered here? Now, okay. Oh, here we go. So yeah. if you could enter a teammate, this is one that's not Brennan Cox. All right. So if you could enter a teammate for My Kitchen Rules, who would it be and why? Um, it would be um, Stephen Hill um, because he could whip you up something real quick. I don't know. That's really good, actually. And by the way, he was, he was amazing uh, turning that game around for Fremantle on the weekend. Um, uh, so I'll give you a clue. Um, in our world of nicknames, you wouldn't normally find him in the kitchen. You'd find him in the bedroom. Oh, um, uh, John, Jonathan Pillow. <laughs> Tommy Sheridan. Sheets. <laughs> Sheets Sheridan? Uh, wasn't yep. he at GWS? Or did he get... Well, yeah, okay. Oh, this he, obviously, must at be... some stage, he was at Fremantle. Right. Or I, I was going to say... <laughs> look, I was going to say Tommy Sheets Sheridan, but I didn't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> so I said <laughs> Jonathan Pillow. <laughs> Uh, what's his guilty pleasure, Lukey? Um, um, uh, guilty pleasure is watching it's a food. The, the Real Housewives. Oh, it's food? Yeah. Um, uh, deep fried Mars bar. Uh, chocolate. So oh. I'll, I'll take that as a win. Okay. Uh, this is an insight because, you know, we said in the old days that it was always like favorite movie was always, of course. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, so this is the next generation, though, Charlie. They're oh. not a Shawshank generation. So, what's his uh, favorite movie? Oh, what's it? So, the next gen. What are the? What, so, this is like the Generation Z's favorite movie. Yeah. Is it something? Um, what? Give me a genre. Uh, it is a, in your sort of gladiator style movie, but not the movie Gladiator. Okay, so it's like historical epic. And it's not. I mean, is it is it older? Is it is it newer than Shawshank Redemption? Uh, it's newer than Shawshank, but, uh, but by I, a lot. I, I think um, it was, it's not it was Braveheart. It's not Gladiator. Not oh, okay. So it's not Braveheart. So, uh, oh, it would be three hundred. Uh, no? That would be a better choice than the movie Troy, which is his new Troy. <laughs> Troy is no one's favorite film. Let's just get that out in the open. Like, there's something fishy going. No one has ever liked Troy enough to make it their favourite film. That is bizarre. 
All right. Okay, this is great. I've, I've, I've got it. There's some more here. Favorite holiday spot? Bali. Correct answer. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, most underrated AFL player, Lockie Neal. <laughs> I've got some bad news for you Mate. for future you. <laughs> um, uh, okay, here we go. Um, oh, this is hilarious. He's misunderstood the question here, I think. Favorite, okay. favorite movie character, he's written Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> movie actor. It's his favorite movie actor, right? Um, but this is the one. That, uh, there's two more that I need to get to here. So, uh, best concert ever attended. What is the best concert that uh, that uh, Luke Ryan he, has ever been? What to? is he? Yeah, okay, give me. Is it? Uh, give me a genre of music: hip hop, rock and roll, pop, pop. Okay, a pop star. Oh God, is it um, Taylor Swift? Uh, you, you're kind of well. No, not Taylor Swift. Beyonce. but probably as famous as Taylor Swift. Be- Beyonce, Katy Perry. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Not a woman. Oh, um, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, best that concert he's ever the, attended. That, wow, haven't footballers changed a lot? Like, remember when we read that plugger bio when it's like I work in a bottle shop. Fred Flintstone's my favorite actor. <laughs> like, I, I don't read books. Like, now we've got guys, like, openly saying they love Justin Bieber. Okay, final question. Which teammate picks themselves in AFL fantasy? Nat Fife. No, Bren- Brendan Cox, my ma- my, bro- my lover. <laughs> You've learned from your mistakes, Charlie. That's what I like about you. Brendan Cox is the wow. answer. <laughs> so Brendan Cox get wow, gets three mentions. And this is amazing because you just picked this up not knowing anything about these guys just off a haircut. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Let's go. get Brendan Cox. Let's see what, okay. what's going on Brennan. here. No, no Brendan. No oh, Brennan. <laughs> so what's uh, Brennan Cox's uh, nickname? Uh, I mean, is it is it the obvious? Is it like Coxie or something like that? Or is Coxie. It, Coxie. It is Coxie? Yep, Coxie. Frio need a coach. I mean, I know they've got like their midfield forward line defensive coach. They need a nickname coach because this just nickname ain't cutting coach. it. Lukey and Coxie. Coxie. Uh, Brennan Cox, Cox, Mason Cox, Cox, Free Mason, Secret Handshake, (laughs) Hand, Hand Job, Hand hand of the King, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage, your nickname's Dinklage. Um, All right. Uh, Okay. Least, uh, where do we go? Blah, 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 blah. Funniest teammate. Now, remember that um, Luke Ryan's answer to this was uh, Brennan Cox. Yeah. So who has uh, Coxie nominated as his funniest teammate? Luke Ryan. No, Can Sutcliffe. Who? Is he still playing? Yep, exactly, correct. (laughs) Um, I did not, um, uh, when I was reading out Luke Ryan's one, I didn't uh, go with favourite cafe and what do you order because um, we hadn't heard of the cafe and so I was just like, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. But now that I've read the answer to uh, uh, to Brennan's as well, I realise that they both go to the same cafe and they both have the same favourite cafe. So putting this together, um, what's his favourite karaoke song? Uh, is it an Australian band? Uh, no. Okay. Is it a what? Well, give me a genre of music. Uh, Rock. <laughs> bon Jovi. Oh, <laughs> bon Jovi is the genre. Um, living on a prayer. Correct answer. Well done. Um, That's pretty good. Go on. What's the best concert he's ever been to? Bon Jovi. <laughs> nah, never been to a concert. Wow. I mean, yeah. Luke, your mate Luke didn't call you when he was going up to see Biebs? Uh What's uh, his uh, favourite movie? Um, and it's not Shawshank and it's not, um, it's not Troy, I'm assuming. <laughs> No. Okay. Is it a um, inspirational film, like a Rocky? Um, it, well, it is an inspirational film, yes, and okay. it is also a sports film. So okay. you're right. It's a sports film and it's inspirational, but not like a Rocky. Okay. Okay. It is... Um, <sighs> I can't think of one sports movie. It's a basketball film, if that helps. Uh, white Men Can't will. Jump. No. Coach Carter. No one's favorite film is Coach Carter. No one likes Troy. No one likes Coach Carter. 
Like, this is like they were asked, they, they, they just saw the first DVDs they could see. They were staying at their, their uncle's place and they looked at his DVD shelf and they saw the first thing. Okay, only two more and then we'll move on. But Because um, this is what came of me watching a game of football, people. You ask for it and this is what happens. Um, okay, so um, firstly, they asked, what's your best trait? What do you think he's put as his best trait? My huge balls. <laughs> I mean, you're actually not that far off. Tall. Yeah. It's not really a trait. But... No, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm tall. <laughs> what are your strengths? Tall? Tall? <laughs> yeah, but more in like, terms of personality, your application to things. What's your, what's your strength? Tall. tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Oh! Oh, okay. oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Now we've, hang on, we've gone deep on this and we've discovered something. Okay, we're through the least looking glass. Preferred, least preferred teammate on road trips and why? Now, it's got to be either Luke Ryan or Nat Fife, right? Yep, correct. Okay, so it's Luke Ryan. Yes. And he doesn't like him because, because? he never shuts up. No, no, because he always copies me. Because... I'm with him 24. every day at home. Oh, they live together. They live right. together. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Well, there we go. I want to see a sitcom based on Brennan Cox and, and Luke Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> CSI 2. <laughs> That's very funny. Mike Hales just put up CSI 2G 1C. <laughs> um, what other games did you see? I saw a couple uh, well, as can well. Can we just have I a want... quick pause? Sorry, mate. I um, uh, just I left my cup of tea once I was on the okay. phone. So I'll just <laughs> Swans Collingwood on Friday night. What did you think of that one? Uh, I didn't see all of that game. It was one of those ones that uh, it felt like Collingwood at the moment just are able to keep winning, aren't they? Yes. Like yes. even when they're not at their best, it's looking... There's a couple of teams in the competition right now who feel like they've really started to separate themselves from the rest. Yeah. And Collingwood is definitely in that category. If you're a Collingwood fan, you're not making plans for late in September at the moment. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, I reckon 100% Colling, Geelong uh, leading, but then just under them, it's West Coast and Collingwood based purely on the fact that they cannot get out of second or third gear and they can still beat teams. Like they've just... They're just. They're, I think West Coast is still my pick because I think that they are building so well, and even when they're playing terribly, they're still winning. And then you'd put GWS just under those two, and then Richmond, I guess, as well. Richmond still got injury concerns, but they've they've unearthed so many superstars. It's funny, isn't it, when your team is in the zone, like when you're just playing well, like that happens. Like it, it, I don't know what like magic or alchemy occurs, but. You know, you're a team that's playing well and everything's going right and then you lose five of your best players and you unearth five guns in the reserves. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of teams where you're like, Richmond have got that thing of going, I thought they were going to fall away and mm. they just haven't. Yeah. And they're just going to win enough games that when their guns come back, they could be really formidable. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Collingwood and West Coast feel like that they're, they're on three-quarter speed at the moment, but we're just doing enough to get it done. I do suspect that Geelong are playing closer to their best. Mm. Not necessarily at their complete best, but it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain it. They've they've done a good job in the last few weeks, you know, without a Selwood or with, uh, without a Dangerfield or without an Ablett. If they get them all back at the same time again, they're going to be pretty sharp. And and Tim Kelly, man, he might win the Brownlow. And, and West Coast must be the only mistake West Coast made last year was not taking that trade for Kelly. Mm. Like now they would take that trade in a minute. If they got offered that from Geelong again, they would just, they would give them those picks in a minute. I mean, it is interesting to see what'll happen. I mean, it's kind of like the danger field going from Adelaide to Geelong thing. Like if they, if he gets them a flag, then I reckon every Geelong's, because it's so well known about his desire to return home. If he gets them a flag and wins a brown load, then you can't really, you can't really hold it against him, can you? No, no. And they'll get so well compensated for... Like, yeah. I mean, essentially, you know, Geelong have been on an episode of Football Antiques Roadshow. 
<laughs> you know, it's like football or Aladdin. They bought this dusty old Tim Kelly lamp that nobody else wanted to get, got overlooked for five drafts or whatever, and it went down to GMHBA Stadium and they got this dusty old rag out of some locker down there and they shined up the Tim Kelly and a, and a genie popped out and granted them three wishes. Yeah, you ain't ever going to have a midfielder like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, even Reece Stanley's playing well. Like, who would have thought that was going to happen? I always thought Reece Stanley, like when St Kilda traded him, I was like, well, you know, he was always... I mean, I'm not sure, I think we've talked about this or not, but in Nick Revolt's book, like, Nick Revolt, there's a lot of people he could pot, and the only player he chooses to pot is Reece Stanley for some reason. Like, he does a whole chapter about, like, you know, Reece Stanley being the best, you know, the next big thing, and they invested so heavily in him, and he just... Couldn't work out. He tried tough love. He tried to encourage him. And he said, just nothing seemed to motivate the guy. He had all the tools. But then it seems like what he needed was to go to another club. Well, it seems like what he needed was a roast from Nick Rewalt. Yeah, that's book. true. Yeah. Maybe that's what's turned him around. Maybe well, he had a good look in the mirror. It's maybe that. Or maybe what he realized he needed is a tiny little headband to hold back the least amount of hair known to man. What I needed was a completely unnecessary headband. That was what was really throwing me off at all times. Like, he is now, because he's had a haircut recently, that headband has become more and more unnecessary as he cuts his hair shorter and shorter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly some kind... Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a totem. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, because, um, you know, during the Indigenous round, what I thought was really interesting, they had like... Um, I saw an interview with Gilbert McAdam and uh, Tipper, and they were talking about – I thought it was so great, by the way, what they did on Channel 7 and Fox Footy with all the interviews they were doing because it's stuff that I had no idea about. Like when Gilbert McAdam and Tipper were talking about what totems – oh, what's your totem? And he said, oh, my totem's this. And, you know, and then I started talking to other people about what a totem is and the idea of like having this kind of symbol and it's something that, you know, you know it's just a, a, a tokenistic thing, but it it's enables you – like it, it can have that placebo – effect and give you strength and you can draw maybe reese stanley's totem is his headband like if there was ever to be a reese stanley coat of arms it'd be this thin little rubber headband on the coat of arms it, well the totem i saw that same interview uh, yeah. i love i i've really enjoyed uh, gilbert mcadam and he's his great to the, uh, to the team but him and uh, tipper at training trying to kick goals and Gilbert McAdam, you know, like, and just the rapport between them and, and, you know, the way that, you know, Tipper, while I was really, um, you know, open to be able to tell his story because he had someone there who would actually understand what he was talking about. You got such a great deal out of it, but I, I agree with everything. I think the indigenous round in general is now my absolute favorite round of the year. I reckon like the jumpers yeah, are awesome. awesome. Like almost every, team like their indigenous jumper is like i like more than their actual regular jumper yeah i think the west coast one in particular that they should keep that i reckon because i didn't because i think well, particularly wore... because uh, what i love because they wore it last week because that was yeah, their home that's right. game and then they didn't wear it this week and so they were the yeah. only one they looked like somebody who hadn't been told it was a fancy dress party and they've just rocked up in their <laughs> casual clothes and just like their old jumper just looks so shit. I was like, oh God. And you could tell they were just running around like, oh, why didn't anyone tell us it was a fancy thing? Uh, Port Adelaide did exactly what we said they were going to do. It's like, this is the game that they shouldn't lose. So they will. And they did exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were, um, I watched that game and they were no good. But what is it? Why are they no good? Like, they shouldn't be no good. They've been thereabouts now for five years and they've got, like, they've drafted well, they've gotten good players. What, what's the, what's going on for them? I mean, they, it was pretty awesome watching the way they all gang tackled Chad Wingard. <laughs> like, I did like that. I mean, I know it's like, I, I know, I know it's a professional sport these days, but you still do get those old school, like, suburban country footy moments like that, which I love. What I, also think is they they don't have depth and they're missing some really mm. decent you know players out of that lineup and they just don't have the depth to cover them i think is the problem with port i think port at their best are very very competitive with a lot of other teams but they just don't have the depth to cover the the top end players that they're missing at the moment yeah and then um of course your boys went down to the ruse 
Do you think if Brad Scott had not made that announcement, you guys would have won? We, we, we are always, uh, we're never great against North. North are a bit of a bogey team for us. Right. Um, but I was disappointed when the news came out before the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know you know how North Melbourne were disappointed that the news came out in that fashion and Brad Scott was disappointed that he didn't get to tell his wife and the players? Um, mm. I was even more disappointed because I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck this. They're going to really? do it for Brad. Did you, did you see Ben Cunnington say that he didn't re, he didn't know until he got to the ground? I mean, yeah. they they say from my understanding, Ben Cunnington is a bit of an old school kind of bloke, like doesn't have a social media, probably still has a flip phone or whatever. But that's pretty astounding, isn't it? That a guy could get it all the way, like didn't listen to the radio, didn't pick up a paper, nothing, just got all the way to the ground, and then no one even sent him a text. Well, so this is that's the bit because I can imagine Ben Cunnington, and I know nothing about him, but yeah. I imagine that he basically is like, what's that uh, Mark Wahlberg movie? Is it called like where he's he's that like kind of ex-military man living up in the mountains, just in like a cabin away from civilization? Well, you know, it could be Whatever. one of three Mark Wahlberg yeah. movies. <laughs> that's called uh, the, the Shooter, I think. Shooter. Yeah. Yeah. So that I imagine, which also uh, is Luke Luke Ryan's second favorite film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, he's living up in some mountain cabin that he's built himself by hand. He yeah. has no modern communication. Like he makes, you know, still boils like a cup of tea on an open fire sort of situation. He might have a wireless. Like yeah. he might have a wireless or one of those. A crystal like, you know, set. from The Shining. You know how in The Shining they communicate with the outside world through that one sort of telecommunication C- C- system? C- CB radio. Yeah. So I reckon Cunnington has a CB radio. Yeah. And. I can imagine him not hearing, but how does does not one of your teammates think, oh, we probably should tell Cunners that the, the coach isn't going to be there next week? Do you think his nickname's Cunners? <laughs> That's a nickname that is fraught to be misheard. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I don't know what his nickname is, but uh, thank you uh, for suggesting it because I'm just going to look it up on his player profile and we can find out what his nickname is. Yeah, let's is. do it. I mean, do you think okay. he's seen a film? Or he doesn't have a TV. Is he the kind of person who doesn't have a TV? Well, put it this way. He doesn't have a Q&A. Oh. Like, attached he's an to enigma. his thing, there's, yeah, there's no Q&A. But I will say this. So, Ben Cunnington um, oh, doesn't, even have, doesn't even have a nickname as far as I can see on this, which is, um, let's see if I can find something that has, like, a nickname. Uh, oh, gee, he, is, he genuinely is a, an enigma. He's a ghost. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, no. Oh, here we go. Cunnington. Oh, all right. Okay. This is this is all right. I like this. Um, here's an article from the Weekly Times, which is like a rural newspaper. <laughs> so I haven't gone to afl.com.au or the Herald Sun or something. It's taken me to an article on Ben Cunnington from the Weekly Times uh, under the section Beef Australia. Um, so here we go. North Melbourne, uh, Cunnington kicks off cattle company. Cattle work and fencing have just been added to AFL footballer Ben Cunnington's off-season training schedule. The North Melbourne midfielder uh, has formed the company Shinbona Cattle Company. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. I love um, it. Uh, the business takes its name from the kangaroo's shinbone nickname, a nod to the abattoir workers who once populated the suburb. So, so does that mean? Yes. I mean, that's a fair commitment. Like he's staying, he's got to stay a shinbone for life, doesn't he? Or does if he leaves, does he have to change the name? Um, okay, so he's uh, yeah, both grew up in the dairy farms, both country people. His wife's a dairy farmer as well. So yeah, no, very much off the grid. I think Ben Cunnington. He's the uh, he's like the polar opposite of you. Both dairy farmer kids, but look at the direction you've gone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Nicknames. Uh, okay. Plow. Okay. They call him. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's the man who simply can't be tackled, and Cunning's ability, Cunnington's ability to plow through the opposition with ease, makes it a perfect fit. That can't actually be. I mean, can you? That's such a famous nickname. You can't just. It's like calling him someone plugger, right? Although, was Plough? I wasn't. I always thought um, Terry Wallace's Plough was P L O U G W. It is. 
Right. Oh, uh, no so, W at the end. U-G. G-H. U-G. G-H. Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> so they're spelt differently, so I guess that counts. Yeah, this is plow. Uh, yeah, yeah. P-L-O-W. Plow. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, they were good. I thought they were actually pretty good in North Melbourne. They, obviously, they they stood up for the coach, and that was a... Well, let's talk about the, the Brad Scott thing, because it was such mm. a big footy story for him to obviously go this early in the season. Yeah. So what's your vibe on it is that he was like, I want to exit. Well, I've still got some currency and look for a job elsewhere. That's what it felt like. Yeah. I think you want to be the first name on the list of other jobs that are going to become available. And you don't want to have that speculation when you're still coaching. And I also do think that, you know, either this year they were going to roll on from last year and become better with who they added in, in which case Brad Scott's still your man. Mm. But if they're not going to be, if you have to actually do a bit of a, you know, take a few years to do a rebuild, then you probably want a, a new coach and a new voice and someone that, you know, they can take the time to do that. It all kind of made sense to me. Um, the, a lot of people are saying that, you know, he should get another full-time job. I would like to see him actually do a timeshare with Chris Scott. <laughs> I think that the two of them should coach together. They yeah. could either do one week on, one week off. You know, one does the press during the week and one does the, the game yeah. day. Or even, because I've noticed at the moment, a lot of coaches are coaching, you know, from the sidelines because of the new the new rules around the runners. They're delivering the message from the sideline. What you could do at Geelong is you could have, say, Chris Scott up in the box and you could have Brad Scott down on the sidelines and they wouldn't even need to use the phone. They could just like communicate with that telepathy that twins have yeah those eerie powers i mean i think you could like definitely do if they didn't tell anyone they could parent trap it see like how long it took before the media picked up on it like just uh, it's it's weird like uh brad uh, this scott brother is acting a bit different at the press conference to how he was in the box yeah yeah they could actually just like do it like the prestige yeah spoilers (laughs) but um Tex Walker's had a pretty rough few days, hasn't he? He is. Um, he, I reckon he's had a rough since the grand final, basically. Yeah, man. Like he's all, he, yeah, he's the one who's been most affected by I think the grand final loss and then the subsequent coll- collective minds preseason yeah. camp because he he's not been quite right since then. I mean, I've been I watched that footage of him pulling out of that contest with Hearn, like I reckon twenty times. I even. I even grabbed the slider on uh, on the screen I was watching it on and just like like I was a forensic scientist, just rewound it forward and back, forward and back, and just watched frame by frame his decision-making. And I heard his explanation. Yeah, like, much like the score review, you were just doing a yeah, pull yeah. out of a contest review. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, it's, it was so, it looks so bad. Like it looks so bad. And I, I heard his explanation and it kind of makes sense like <clears throat> that he was saying he was trying, he was, trying to spin out of the bump before before like the he, he got hit but he didn't take the ball with him so it basically just looks like he stands up out of a contest but I mean the review must have been really really hard on Monday morning to be in front of like the entire playing group I mean do you think because it was so widely covered in the media do you think they have to bring it up at the players meeting uh they don't have to bring it up at the players meeting uh they do have to send a copy to Ben Cunnington because he wouldn't have seen it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm serious. Like, do you think that knowing how much scrutiny it got, when you get to the play, the Monday morning review, do you think that you don't need to bring it up? Because, look, everyone's fucking talked about it. Tex knows what he's done. We've already spoken to him about it. Like, Or does the captain have to get up and address it to the group and say, look, you know, this was not my best effort. And, you know, I try to lead by example. And, you know, um, what do you say? <laughs> Like it's a real- I, I think I think if you text, you just you would initiate that. You get on the front foot. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't think the coaches would make him do it. You know, he's a leader at the club, and it's clearly an aberration. But I think if you're the person who does it, you you stand up there and you own your mistake. And so, what do you say? Your text. What do you say? I was like, fuck. I, d- I just didn't really want to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Shannon Hearn's biceps? They're massive. I got a real nice. close look. Do you remember when we lost the grand final because I made us all stand like a robot? I haven't really recovered from that. I still have nightmares. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that was a huge win for West Coast considering Adelaide looked like they'd been informed, but I guess more than West Coast win, it, it makes you wonder where Adelaide are at because they could probably keep going like this 
and, you know, be thereabouts for this year, maybe next year. But you don't really feel like they're a contender, do you? You don't, those teams we spoke about at the start, like, you know, Geelong and Collingwood and GWS and West Coast, you don't really feel that with Adelaide, do you? No, Adelaide have a bit of Fremantle uh, for me, which is I think they will either just make the finals or just be out of the finals. But I can't see at this stage of the season either of the teams going, you know, beating any of the other sort of top four or five teams. Well, there is an opportunity for them, I reckon. You know, I know it's early to write off the season, but if you're thinking to next year and you think about the players they've got out in the twos who can't get a game like your Bryce Gibbs Mm. and your Josh Jenkins... They've got that's pretty good bargaining chips. Like they could, if they were really judicious about who they needed to get in and what would give them that edge, then they could trade out two pretty sought after players, get in two really good players or draft picks, whatever the strategy is. And I think it, you know they've still got enough of a of a nucleus of a really good team there to turn it around pretty quick. I think you could probably get something for Jenkins. I'm not sure that you get much for Bryce Gibbs. And yeah, Bryce think... Gibbs wanted to move. He wanted to move back to Adelaide for family reasons, Charlie. Remember? Yeah. Well, maybe trade him to Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> they need. They need. They need depth. I mean, Bryce Gibbs is a good player. Like the West just. Well, he Ad- was. He definitely well, was a good player. But is he a good player still? I mean, is I would put him in the same category as uh, Deledio. Like even a seventy yeah. percent Bryce Gibbs is probably you know better than most role players. He's a gun. If you have the luxury of him being your twenty-first best player, like you know, on game day, mm. then absolutely. But at the moment, I don't think that Adelaide have the luxury of icing on the cake. You know, whereas GWS have the luxury of having a player or two in there who's your sort of icing on the cake. I'm not sure you could say the same about Adelaide. I mean, Bryce Gibbs seems to be like. He's the kind of player that someone like, you know, like Hawthorne seemed to love doing that. Hawthorne will grab themselves a Tom Scully or, a, you know, a, a, a Tom Mitchell or whatever. I could see Bryce Gibbs going to Hawthorne and eking out another three or four years. Maybe he'd probably want to go to a contender. Maybe he'll go to like a Western Australian team. Well, go further away. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> getting home's obviously not doing any any luck. Maybe he should, the further away he goes from home, do the opposite. Go to Queensland. Oh, yeah. It's Gold turned Coast. out that being closer to my family is a massive mistake. <laughs> They're a real drain on my time. I'm always having to go over to dinner. Mum doesn't understand the calorie counting I'm meant to be on. This is a nightmare. I'm up in their business every day. Dad won't stop bothering me for shit. Like, oh, I've got to get further away. <laughs> now, I um, was around at your place this weekend. And as I was leaving, you were settling in to watch uh, Melbourne and GWS. So I imagine that was a, a good a good afternoon of football for you then? Well, funnily enough, what did I watch first? Because there was another game on that afternoon as well, which was... Saints-Carlton. What was the other Sunday and then, game? And then and Frio-Brisbane. Oh, yeah. So, of course, it was the it game was Mel- that you went to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so you went off to go to the footy, mm-hmm. and I walked the dogs and did a few chores. And so the GWS game had already started, mm. and I saw from the scores that GWS were, uh, yeah, already had a pretty substantial lead on Melbourne. And I finally set up my KO at home. And so I was like, you know what? That I'm going to save for last. (laughs) (laughs) Savor it. Because, because I knew that it wasn't probably going to be a close game. Mm. So I was, all I was going to watch it was for was, you know, Melbourne, living up to my expectations of Melbourne, which is to be completely disappointing. Um, So I thought, you know what, I'll watch that one later. So I watched the St Kilda game live and then I watched the Brisbane Freo game live. And then just to uh, finish off the night, a sort of dessert wine, if you will, Charlie, just just to finish off the delicious AFL meal that I've been enjoying, uh, I watched the first three quarters (laughs) of the uh, GWS Melbourne game. And turned it off when Melbourne started to make a comeback. I was like, that's not what I'm here to watch. <laughs> You're like the Hannibal Lecter for Melbourne. You're like, I'm going to watch this game with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. I imagine listening to that would have been twice as bad as well. Uh, yeah, Melbourne, fuck, who knows? What a disaster of a year, really. I mean, they've got to be... Like North have had a bad season and Carlton have had a bad season, but in terms of the fall from grace, like God, 
I mean, I think it's hard being a saint supporter, but being a demon supporter's got to be got to be bad. And you know what? I actually thought for a little bit that I was like, ah, oh, am I going to feel bad about enjoying <laughs> watching the demons being, you know, pants by GWS? And I wasn't. I enjoyed it so much. It was so much fun. Like Clayton Oliver was giving away unnecessary free kicks for ridiculous things. Like Brayshaw, who was basically their only good player in the first four rounds, they've moved out of the position he was playing well in and moved him to a wing and now he can't get a kick. Like just everything they try turns to shit. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what they've done to deserve this. I mean, they talk about this, the start of the year and, you know, uh, playing uh, players underdone and injured and all that kind of stuff but surely at a professional club like they would have been able to see this coming or 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 they would have had a plan in place for mitigating the the risk of playing the injured players but it just seems like it's all just fallen apart i mean simon good they've, must- te- they've had a terrible season with injury like you've got to yeah. say in their defense they've had a terrible season but with so have lots of clubs and kilda's had a terrible i mean we lost like six of our best players before you know the season even started we've still managed to eke out five wins like i think that how you know bevo wins a flag and so that gives him, what, five years of, you know, you guys not making finals, you'd think? Simon Goodwin gets him to top well, four position. I think we're about they... to break some terrible record of, like, yeah. three years in a row <laughs> after the winning a grand final, like, then three years of not making the final. And that hasn't happened for a very long time. So that's not great. No. But, 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 but because you got that flag, then Bevo is under less scrutiny, I think. Whereas Simon Goodwin, all he did was get him all he did. But they got to a, a top four position. Now, this year is a disaster. If next year is also a disaster, he's under the pump, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Sack Simon Good. Um, what about the Saints game? Tell us about uh, the Saints uh, game and then we should do some tips because uh, it was uh, I've got a, crit- a deadline. Yeah, no worries. It was uh, pretty uninspiring. Um, being, I was really surprised. There's, there's 35,000 people there, which is a pretty big crowd for us. But it was so quiet because it was just a, just the standard was was really shit and it was low scoring and I, like I was sitting there with my mate Nick and you know we've gone to a lot of games together and you know we went to nearly every game we could through that dominant era in the two thousands and we're both sort of saying how like back then you know if you went to a game you'd expect to see if it wasn't like a domination at least you'd see some passages of play that were like oh you know wasn't that amazing you know seeing that. I can't think of one passage of play in that game where I was like, I oh, wasn't that exciting. Wasn't that slick ball movement or I love the way he moved in the forward. Everything was just very workmanlike and blue collar and there was nothing about it that really captured your imagination. I mean, look, I'm glad to get the win and I understand we're a developing team and stuff. But having said all that, where we were sitting was right next to Carlton supporters. And it's fair to say they are in the pits of hell. Like, those supporters were not having a good time. And I've got to say, like, they weren't... They were angry. They are angry at the umpires, of course, but they were so angry at their own players. Like, I've never heard people attack one of their own players as much as um, uh, uh, Jack Silvani copped it. Like, they hate him. There were, at least in the area I was sitting in, there was at least 30 or 40 people any time he went near the ball. One guy yelled out, Oh, God, why don't you just drop yourself? <laughs> <laughs> which i've never heard before and i was like that's uh oh i mean that's it that name silvani like I, I just was really i thought that they would give him or maybe it's because of the name the fact that he's not his dad or even his grandfather that's what people are so angry about but levi casbolt um was also in the firing line and he played quite a good game like he he was um he did quite well on Josh Bruce. I think Josh Bruce kicked a couple of goals, but he played a pretty good game, but they every time he marked the ball, they were heckling him. Like, you know, trying to put him off. Saints supporters didn't have to do anything. Yeah, do you think it's actually Levi's a really good player, but he just feels, you know, constantly. he just can't get any confidence because yeah. he's constantly being abused by his own fans. Well, I just don't know. The 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 vibe from the Carlton supporters was just like when will this be over? Like, who is going to put us at it? Like, sack Bolton, make some change. Whatever you're going to do, just fucking do it because we can't just keep turning up and watching this garbage. And, you know, the thing about them too is 
if you looked at the two lists, like who St Kilda had out in the park and who Carlton had out in the park, they had far more exciting, at least, you know, potentially mm. exciting players, Charlie Cameron and Sam Walsh. And I mean, Patrick Cripps is just, he's awesome. But it feels like what Carlton were like when they only had Chris Judd. Like, it's almost like you're going just to watch that one player. Like, I really enjoy watching Patrick Cripps play. He's just such a phenomenal athlete. And he's massive too. Like, when you actually see him in the flesh, it's like, no wonder they give it to him in every option. And that is the other thing too, is they become so predictable because whenever they're making an entry into their forward line or, or, or moving the ball with any kind of purpose, they will always look to give it to Patrick Cripps, which I think is makes sense. But, you know, hopefully these other young guns will develop a bit more and they'll be able to share the load a bit. And maybe this, because you worry, how old is he? 19, 20, 21, Patrick Cripps? Like he's going to get smashed to bits, you know, by the time he reaches his, his peak. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I, watching that game, you were just like, oh, they're so reliant on him. And it makes sense. Of course, you want to get him the ball. but um, And no no Daisy Thomas this week because he uh, had a couple of drinks at a charity night. <laughs> Where, uh, what was so, the uh, quote? He failed the dickhead test or no? What was it that yeah. Chris Judd said? And um, uh, what I loved was Dane Swan tweeted um, and uh, said that if he played for Carlton, he'd be having a couple of glasses of wine at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, quickly do the tips because we got to go. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cowan, could you bring him up for us? North Melbourne and Richmond at Marvel Stadium. Um, okay. Uh, North Melbourne, probably the emotion on the other side of the emotion, taking Richmond. Richmond are good. Uh, I'm going to pick North, and that's my luck of the week. <laughs> Uh, first uh, week with a new coach, yeah, there is a chance, but no, I reckon Richmond, uh, when that North had their big emotional game uh, last weekend, and uh, the uh, week will get to them, and uh, uh, Richmond will win. Saturday, Collingwood, uh, uh, Collingwood play Frio at the G. Um, Collingwood will win that game. Yeah, you reckon Collingwood probably win that one? Uh, GWS take on Gold Coast uh, in uh, at, at the Giant Stadium. Um, that's got to be GWS. You would think so, right? Uh, yeah, GWS at home, you think, would probably win that. Geelong take on Sydney at GMHBO? Um, it has to be Geelong, right? Sydney have shown a little something, but Geelong are a much better team. You would think so. No Ablett, of course, this week, but probably Dangerfield back, I imagine. So, um, yeah, I reckon Geelong at home. They're very hard to beat there. Brisbane Lions taking on Hawthorne in the uh, Luke Hodge Cup at the MCG. Uh, oh, no, at the Gabba. Sorry, at the Gabba. Coming back from, uh, what is it, a six-day break from Western Australia. Might take something out of them. Hawks coming off a win. Brisbane for me. Uh, Brisbane at home. If, yeah, they've got more to, more to win, I think. But Hawthorne could snatch that one. Um, but I'm going to say Brisbane. Uh, Melbourne take on Adelaide. Uh, at uh, where's TIO? Where, what's that? Mount, Is that Darwin? TIO. Darwin. Darwin. Oh, okay. In Darwin. So Melbourne take on Adelaide in Darwin. That's a hard one to pick. I, Adelaide. I think, um, Adelaide. Yeah, I'm going to say Adelaide as well. Um, and uh, is the last one Saints Port in China? China. Uh, there's China definitely to come, but uh, yeah. oh, St Kilda versus Port Adelaide. Uh, yeah, in China. Adelaide Arena in Jingwon Stadium. Uh, and did you see St Kilda and a little bit of pandering to our hosts? So on the red, where the red panel is on our jumper, we've put a bit of yellow around the sleeve. <laughs> so it's red and yellow. It's like, hey, hey, Chinese people, look, this is kind of your flag. And a little bit of uh, pandering, Charlie, as you would say. Yeah, Because nice. they're Chinese, you see. Nice. This is uh, the joke I'm making there. Um, so, I'll, I'll, I'll tip the Saints. I saw Ken Hinckley being interviewed on 360 yesterday and he made a claim last year that when he goes to China, he only eats ham and cheese sandwiches. So hopefully that works against him uh, and the Saints win. I'm picking the Saints. I'm going to say Port, but I but toss of the coin, but I'm going to say Port. All right. Okay. Essendon take on Carlton at the G. Oh, uh, we we're not done. <laughs> we're not done. Essendon shit, take on Carlton at the G. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say the Bombers. Oh, no. Hang on. Carlton always beat the Bombers, don't they? There's something about it. I'm going to say Carlton. 
this is a tough one to pick. It's whoever loses this, the coach might be in trouble. I would say I'm going to say the Bombers just. And uh, West Coast take on the Western Bulldogs in Western Australia uh, in a game that West Coast will definitely win. But I'm going to say the Bulldogs regardless. And I'll tip the Eagles for that. That's nice yeah. and easy. All right. Um, thanks very much, everybody. You can uh, go to Facebook if you want to send us a message or confer uh, with other Two Guys, One Cups fans. You can also go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great uh, uh, podcasts. And Will, do you have anything you're doing a show at something or another? Uh, show in Darwin. That's uh, it. So it, I don't know if it's on sale yet, but if you're in Darwin listening to this, uh, I am coming up for the Darwin Festival. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are Two Guys, One cup.